behold! The sword of power. Excalibur. Right, we're, so we're recording so thing. Okay. Yeah, three two Sorry. one <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so let's just get into it so um welcome to the second annual uh gosh golly wow holiday special coming at you on video this year much like we did last year just gonna do some reflections on the year that was and uh, i'll do a version of our usual intro so this is the podcast where we talk about Excalibur and nothing but Excalibur, but occasionally things that aren't Excalibur for 126 plus weeks. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Anna Papard. Talk about sexy, gendery things and Nightcrawler a lot. He's been absent from a couple of issues lately. It's been difficult for me, but I'm I'm persevering. Uh, I'm joined as always by Mav. How is the start of the holiday season treating you so far? I mean, today today is actually Christmas, right? If if, if I, I, I lost think this track episode of comes out on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, well, I'm I'm uh, preparing for Christmas right now and probably sleeping. And as you listen to this, I'm really bad at podcast time travel, is what I am. And, um, I'm doing all right. Uh, things are are easing up. I, I am done with grading. Uh, I am. I got my my. Um, my PCA, ACA uh, abstract in for that conference. I, I need to work on CSS. It's a bit of, I got more time for that. I'm I'm hard at work trying. So the, the thing with taking like a break as an academic, it means that oh. this is the month where I don't have to grade papers. So it's the month where I write everything else that I was supposed to have been doing for the last, you know, yeah. three months. Um, I'm catching up. So I've got a, I got a chapter in this book on Batman that I'm, I'm, I, oh well, so our friend Joe Dorowski edits that edits that um that collection, and he listens to the show. So yeah, Joe, almost done. Any moment now, <laughs> really close. No, I actually I actually am pretty close. I, I'm I'm actually very much enjoying what I'm writing. I just it's just like uh, trying to get from from being behind. Um, actually, by the time Joe listens to this, I might be done. I I could very well be done because it'd be Chris. My my goal is to be done before Christmas, and this would be just before Christmas. So that's that's where we are. So I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah I'm like trying to find space to prep stuff for next term and I, I think at this point I've kind of given up I lost the whole day doing Christmas errands yesterday and then I just had the splitting headache when I came home I'm just like mm -hmm. wrapping stuff in like a migraine haze and I'm just like why is this so hard I'm buying presents for like four people this year <laughs> I've got nothing to complain about and I'm not grading because I wasn't teaching this term <laughs> I just I have to learn like a lot of new tech for like my two new schools that I'm teaching at and stuff so that's mm -hmm. just been like slowing yeah. me up a lot and stuff I was like remember the days where you would just like write down some notes and then just roll into your live class and be like let's have a discussion no like, I no longer it's remember like, oh, that oh boy I gotta do like a teams meeting and like a lecture video and like figure out what I'm doing for students who can't be there because they're sick and course website and putting together all of these manual PDFs of like excerpts of underground comics that took forever, just mm -hmm. thing after thing. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the point where I actually can think about possibly writing some lecture content for next term. So that's Ooh. exciting. Anyway, um, Andrew, how are you feeling? Are you still in, in grading hell or are you nearing the end? I'm, I'm close. I, I, I had my last five essays I was working on this morning and a plagiarism case came up. Oh. And it's like, please don't do this to me now. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm so close. 
Uh, and yeah, other than that, um, same course prep, uh, getting a whole lot of stuff ready, but I like course prep. I like like the, the macro designing of what's going to be in the okay. syllabus and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's fun for me. Uh, yeah. So I know I'm doing good. And then just planning Christmas for two tiny people uh, who should have a lovely holiday. That's good. Can I, can I give my, I've, I've, I've done it on my other show, but I don't think I've ever done it on this show. Can I give my, my, my just very brief mini lecture on, on plagiarism for, for anybody who might be attending college <laughs> one day or is like, so as an instructor on any level, you know, college, uh, you know, if you're high school, elementary school, whatever, you know, um, I'm just, I'm speaking on behalf of all teachers don't plagiarize. Um, not because not because I care about academic integrity, which I do, but not because of that reason, but because the amount of paperwork that it yep. invents for me personally, you are hurting me. Um, and, and I don't, I don't want to deal with that. It is, if you're going to fail the class, fail on your own merit. It's okay. Like people fail classes all the time. Don't cheat. You're going to get caught. And then like, yep. like the level of extra like garbage that you have created for me or whoever your instructor is personally has is just it's just exponentially worse and i will hate you um i will you know wish harm upon you and your your entire future lineage please <laughs> don't do it it is i mean it is so bad it is such a nightmare to deal with just because like you felt like stealing two paragraphs from like somebody like the 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 exponential mound of, of just utter bullshit that gets triggered because you decided you wanted to cheat so not worth it for me. So for me personally, please just don't do it. I, I would rather you just like happily, particularly like, you know, take your D, just like suck it up and just deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> that's my, that's my little rant. All I will I add is that it's also insulting to my intelligence. Like you think I don't notice I'm reading a hundred papers and all of a sudden you start sounding like an Oxford graduate in like two paragraphs. You think I'm not going to red flag that? Okay, yeah. sure. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that, but yeah, I just am shuddering in sympathy for that feeling of like you're reading it and you're sort of starting to realize like, oh man, this is going to be a pain. I yeah. just want to grade it. I don't want to have to contact like an office and deal with paperwork. And and yep. <laughs> it's almost like a court case at this point, the amount of paperwork you have to do to bring yeah. forward. It's, it's obscene. Yeah. And it, it's so, and it's painful. It's just, it is so bad. And it's just like, and, and like Andrew said, it's not, it's not like you're going to get away with it because like the, the amount of work it would take to get away with it is so much more work than yeah, just than write, writing a, the paper. write a paper, just write <laughs> yeah. a paper. It's, it's college there. Like, I'm not expecting you to write I mean, unless you're actually working on your dissertation, I'm not expecting for you to write like a doctoral dissertation here. Um, I'm just, you know, we're, we're talking a six page paper usually, like just just do it. it it's fine. Particularly for the classes I that I teach, like, you know, I, you're probably allowed to to write it on on Batman. Just, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Do whatever. Just don't cheat. It's so not worth it. And also, if it's a comics class and you're plagiarizing, not only will I notice that you sound different, like there's a high likelihood that you're plagiarizing some friend of mine Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because we literally know everyone in the field <laughs> has, has someone told you that before i've had that a few times of like people who are teaching classes and they told me that their student plagiarized me um i've i've yeah, had, I had it i've had several people i know i've never caught anyone who has plagiarized me like directly um i know so cool though i know a professor who has Who's like, I recognize this because I wrote this. I know someone who's had that happen to them. Like this, this is something that I wrote years ago. But um, I, I've run into several copies of work of random friends of mine. I don't know if it's either, yeah. been either of you, but yes, it is. I was like, yeah, this is, I, I, I've heard this paper before. Um, you know. The more cheerful version of that is that like I do have a childish glee like being able to teach comics I mean it's amazing yeah. it's like what is my life that this is what I get to teach yeah, this is, but don't tell anybody writing, that this that like this is yeah you know, this this is an actual job like please don't like don't like pay too much attention because I don't want it to go away you know <laughs> I, I don't get paid well so don't yeah, yeah, like, sure, same. Yeah. but 
but still, still it's a job like, yeah it's still it's a job I'm like I'm getting money to do this so but if I am reading a term paper and somebody cites like because I mean you know it, the comic studies community is not that big yeah. I basically know everybody yeah, it's like and so when somebody and like I'm still but I still get like this glee of like I'll be reading it and I was like oh Susan's my friend yeah. and like I, I start yeah. I start writing a comment like that on the paper I was like oh so glad to see you cite Susan she's so great and I was like the student doesn't care why no <laughs> well no I, I've had I've had super sex cool. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Super sex has been cited several times, and it's like, yeah, I know them. It's yeah. like, yeah, because there's four, because there's four books in existence that say sex and, and comics in the in the title. So yeah, like there's a high chance that if someone's writing about that, one of them's your book. <laughs> because what, what other options do they have? But it, it does feel, yeah, it, it is really always awesome to you know to see that and you go, oh, that's neat. Yeah, Somebody I, I know, know that that. we're not tossing stuff into the academic <laughs> void. Anyway, Andrew, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I was telling Anna earlier that um, the best paper I received in my comics course this term um, cited Anna three <laughs> times. And I was like, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, part of me always wonders, I mean, do you think you're sucking up or is it just, again, that there are only 250 people in the field and, you know, so, but, but I mean, but I mean, do they like, because it's, it's pretty clear that like say the three of us know each other right like that's it's it, it is not a hard thing to figure out <laughs> well right. i i <laughs> i was talking with somebody about this recently i was like oh shoot i haven't been in the classroom for a while like as an instructor and should my twitter be more professional <laughs> i was like but like someone pointed out to me like anna your twitter is so vanilla and i was like this is true it really is i think a lot about what i tweet i mean i tweet a lot of sexy lucifer stills but i don't tweet any naked ones because i have you know some decorum standards, <laughs> standards. My, my 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 professional website has me be body slamming people on it you'll be fine it's <laughs> and and no, no one's... i don't i don't i don't really worry about it. i mean i study yeah. sex and comics i mean i mm -hmm. think it's what you would expect so well it's the same thing it's like i always wonder where people like so and I could say this on air now because I don't work there anymore. But when I was working at Duquesne for so many years, which is a Catholic, so Pitt is a public school, right? Like, you know, I, I, I expect a little more, um, a, a little more leeway. Um, but I worked at Duquesne University. It's where I did my doctorate. And I worked there for, you know, basically for almost 10 years. And, and I always wondered, like, this is a Catholic school. This is a private Catholic university. Did no one Google me before they worked here? Because I, you know, I, I, I was an erotica photographer for like a decade and a half, you know, <laughs> like there's lots of, you know, what, what you would clearly consider porn with my name on it, that like I shot, <laughs> like, cause I, cause I used my real name. It's like shot by Christopher Maverick, you know, here are naked pictures. Like, why is this okay with anybody, but all right. And, and it's, and people, and, it, and it's not like I hide from it. I used my name. It's on my website you know, uh, same thing with, you know, every once in a while I would have like a job where, um, not so much in academia, but when I was a software designer, it was like, well, we, we've discovered your secret. We found, we found, you know, you know, we found these pictures of you wrestling. I'm like, you didn't discover my secret. I used my real name. <laughs> <laughs> you literally Googled me. It, it comes up. What are you doing? Like, yeah, I like, I, I, I am both happy and also kind of a little bit insulted that people don't Google you because I'm like, I'm interesting, aren't I? Wouldn't like one of my students Google me? I was like, they never do. I, and <laughs> I, never, I, ever do. I did, I don't, yeah, um, I ever, every once in a while I have a student who will ask about it because they did Google, but it's rare enough that, you know, like I've got 60 new students every semester. I would think it would happen all the time. It doesn't, it doesn't come up that much. And, and, uh, um, I, and maybe it's just there, they just don't think the way they, but I, but like I Googled, once Google was a thing, every professor, oh, what, what are they into? Like, that's the first thing you do before, before day one of the class. I just want to know everything I can about this person, not to suck up, but just like, what are they like? You know, oh, this person seems cool. This person doesn't. And I, I don't understand not checking. I think I was more like one of those people who was like so into being a young person. I would be more like, why would I care what a gross old person does? <laughs> no interest. And I'm like, Maybe. yeah, I'm not Christian now. It's fair. It's probably what's fair happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I had some kids. So I had um, this semester I did teach. Um, I was One of the classes I taught was um, uh, a narrative and technology. Um, so, it was, But it was basically narrative theory that I taught. Um, 
two sections of. And um, I went through basically a whole different um, uh, theoretical frameworks. And one of the ones I used was um, Roland Barthes uh, narrative yeah. um, and uh, from mythologies. And the first entry in that is uh, called On Wrestling, On, Pro on Professional Wrestling That's right. by Roland Barthes. Such a good piece. Um, and yeah, and I had, this is, I wonder, is this fascinating for any of our listeners? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I said this, we were going to keep it loose today. There's no, no outline. This is what, this is what we do. Um, so I, I had them read this, this thing called, it just, uh, it's On Professional Wrestling. If you've never read it before and, if you've never read it before and you're the kind of person who enjoys our show, you might very well enjoy this essay. It, it, is, it is extremely yeah. accessible, and that's why I don't mind giving it to undergrads. Um, so we read that, and then I was like, okay, and now I want you to, now having read this, I want you to analyze this professional wrestling match as a narrative. And they're like, okay. And then I gave them one of mine. And I didn't mention that I was in it. Um, I just like, I just like, and here's here's a professional wrestling <laughs> match. Um, I, it, I put a, you know, I put a video on canvas on our on our course website um download it watch it use his framework use his methodology and just analyze what's going on you know who's the good guy who's the bad guy or the hero or the bastard which is what uh, what bart calls him and everything and just like analyze it and it's amazing how to like try to read the read the um, homeworks after the fact and see which students get a get a chuckle out of the fact that it's me versus the ones who aren't sure and don't want to say and don't want to be like <laughs> presumptuous it's like and then there's the you know the the, the international males so me and shima that it's like they they appear to be the bad guys um and some people are like one of them is shockingly familiar looking and it's like that's funny you know like <laughs> but the other one is like, be like um you know we're you know like and i was like i've read and some people just not mention it all i'm like it's clearly me. Yes. I mean, I'm 12 years <laughs> younger than I am now, but like, it's, how do you not see that it's me? What's wrong with you? <laughs> so like when, and then when I give the lecture the next day, my PowerPoint says, um, so uh, today we're doing on wrestling and then in parentheses, and isn't the one guy from the international males really super cute. In the, <laughs> in That's my subtitle. So nice. <laughs> And then they, then they'll laugh. They're like, "It is you." I'm like, "Yeah, it's me." Like, <laughs> they literally say, "And Christopher Maverick." And I'm like, "That's my name." <laughs> like, like this. So, that's amazing. I don't have anything to compare to that. I don't. I uh, no. I'm self conscious about like you know the desire of past me to appear cool to my students, and now I'm like, <laughs> I need to abandon that because that's a fool's errand and <laughs> is not wanting to wanting your students to think you're cool is definitely uncool yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> back and eat that and not go down <laughs> but no but that is awesome though <laughs> it is better to just not care but you know <laughs> yeah but if, but if i'm gonna do if i'm i mean and it's weird because I guess because I'm not in that world anymore. I mean, I've got friends who are still wrestlers, but um, I I don't, I would feel weirder requiring someone to read one of my essays or something yeah. than I would, uh, you know. And, and now that said, I've had, you know, like, um, I don't know, freshman year, I took a introduction to, to world history or world history with, with Peter Stearns, Professor Peter Stearns at Carnegie Mellon. And our and our textbook was an introduction to world history by Peter Stearns. Like that was, yeah. like I've had lots of classes where the professor is like, "Yeah, here's the course textbook. It's my book. You know, you have to go buy it because I want twenty bucks. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't know what he, like like. But I've had that a lot, and and um, I would feel weird about that, but I I don't feel weird about making them watch a ten minute wrestling match with me in it at all. So I don't know. Do your students think, do your students come across Claremont Run, Andrew? Like, do they, do they talk to you about it? Yeah, not a whole lot. I think the audience for Claremont Run is, is usually a little older. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I've had students come up and say, hey, I saw you tweeting, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, which is <laughs> weird, I think. And I know some of them follow it, which is also weird because mm -hmm. I feel like the things that I'm saying in that enterprise are therefore affecting my dynamic with my students in the classroom. And I'm very much a compartmentalized type person. I want hmm. work to be separate from research, to be separate from home life. Hmm. Um, so I don't like it when they do that, which is a weird thing to say. I have, um, I mean, I, I teach one, one class I teach is composing digital media. So I, I guess that's also, that also probably there's a, 
something that matters there that I don't that might not be clear to like our listeners. So I work for um, I got my job um, as I'm a teaching assistant professor of of digital narrative and interactive design. Um, I was specifically hired because I was good at digital humanities, like largely because of things like this show, right? Like so, so like they're aware, like my students often want, so the class that I teach on composing digital media is everything from writing and composition, but also how to do a podcast, how to do video editing, how to do, you know, so like a lot of it is the fact that I do it is relevant to them. Like they want to know that, oh, okay, uh, I'm I, I'm interested in podcasting and my professor really is a podcaster. Okay, so that means that maybe he knows something and isn't just like making it up as we go. Now, granted, all podcasts are just made up as we go along, but like conceptually- <laughs> Clearly, as this yeah. episode proves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> conceptually, the idea being that like I, I it, it is more than just me, you know, saying theory, I think matters a little bit. Um, in a way, and I guess it would it would matter too. Like if you're teaching about if you were doing a class on on X Men, like pretending Claremont Run didn't exist would oh, be weird. Y yeah, but I mean, yeah. it, would be, it would be weird to be like you know, oh, if only there were someone studying this. Like I mean, like like you couldn't like I don't know how you would not mention it because it's just such an obvious resource. Yeah, I mean, my stuff is so blended because a lot of my academic work has been incorporating the personal for a while now and mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time thinking about that though and like how much I do want it to be blended or not because I do get I do get a little bit uptight about the blending sometimes you know, if it damages my credibility or something or maybe I just worry about that mm -hmm. but then there's certain things too like some people have suggested like with everything going on with Twitter we should make a discord or something and I just I had a lot of feelings about that like that wouldn't be something I would want to do because I wouldn't be comfortable sort of existing in that kind of space with like my fan identities and my academic mm -hmm. identity blended because I don't want to be under a pseudonym because then all of the stuff that I do doesn't come with me but mm -hmm. like I don't really want to be in that space in my academic self because to me like being on like a fan culture discord like as my academic self feels like I would just be like in my student discussion boards mm -hmm. <laughs> like it feels like work work to be fun for me yeah I understand why people want um like so okay I this is again much more my other show than this I absolutely understand the wanting to be separate from Twitter as it exists right now. This is a, the, it is completely viable to be like, I am afraid of Elon, we need to go somewhere else. That is a, it is a reasonable feeling to have. Um, I don't think, and while I'm, while I'm aware that a lot of people went from Twitter to Discord, I don't think that is a, as easy a substitution for the kind of work we do as it might be for people who are just using it for their personal community. Like if you're just using it to, um, if you're if you're using Twitter primarily to keep in touch with um, with X-Men fans of various things, which is a large community and one that the three of us definitely participate in. Um, honestly, Twitter is probably the wrong platform for it. It's just where everybody happened to be, but Discord would be fine, right? But for academic work, um, what Claremont Run was, what's what's the sequential what sequential scholars is, is um, much more like publication, more so than a than um, than a conversation. And Twitter is actually just way better at that than I think. Like it, it just. I, I'm I'm on several Discords. I mean, I I have a Discord account. Yeah. Um, I, I I certainly have nothing against it. It just doesn't work the same way, and it and it doesn't feel the same way. And um, one of the frustrations, the reason academics are upset about what's going on with Twitter is, um, I know people are like, oh, get on Hive, get on Mastodon. They're not simple replacements. Again, as as someone who studies that space, yeah. it's not it's it's not just swapping out. One of the things that makes Twitter work so well is the thing that everybody hates about it everybody hates that twitter just everybody's on it and there's a bunch of undesirables and you know you've got people you know being comic skaters or or whatever and people hate that but also 
the the freedom that allows them to exist is also what makes Twitter because it's bad at siloing. It's what it's called. Um, Facebook's very good at siloing. Twitter is really crappy at siloing, and it tries, but it does a very bad job of it. And that bad job is what makes it useful as a public square. Um, so yeah. I don't. It's hard to like Mastodon's kind of better at it because of the multiple decentralized servers, and so I it's not as good for what we use it as and. And if um if Elon destroys this, it's gonna be really bad. It's gonna it's gonna you know. And frankly, beyond like just academic Twitter, I mean, and we you know we love comics, but you know for things that matter, Twitter is very important as a pop culture global landscape thing right now for um things like giving voices to the um women's movements in uh that are developing in majority muslim countries um trying to fight for the, uh the the blm movement that happened in the united states uh um the too. yeah yeah like there's so so much yeah so much of um of organization uh lgbtq communities in everywhere in the world right like particularly if you are from a smaller less uh, less progressive place if you're from if you are from somewhere that is very conservative to where you feel alone twitter is the outlet that people have um that allows them to the sense of community um to where in all honesty the last three months since Elon's takeover have probably resulted in people dying. Um, I mean, it, it, as horrible as it sounds, people have probably literally died because organization doesn't work as well or because uh, someone feels more alone and more isolated. And it's not just as simple as just saying, ah, switch to Mastodon. I, I understand why you want that, but it's not that simple. It is a much more complicated thing. Um, and this is why I like comics better because this is <laughs> like, like talking about comics on this show is a, a lot more fun than kind of going over the, the weirdnesses of like how pop culture propagation actually works. Um, so, but I can, but I'm happy to do that. So if anybody has questions, oh, tweet me yeah. at Chris Maverick, right, <laughs> right down, down there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, got, I've got so many thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's just, we were going to transition into talking about Excalibur anyway. So yeah. let's just, let's just do that. And then it'll be like first <laughs> half of our podcast talking about our boring jobs and the second half talking about the comic book that you come to this podcast to hear us talk about. <laughs> um, so that'll be good. So what I thought we would do is, so I kind of did like a best of 2022 voting thing as you'll, if you follow us on Twitter, that you will know that I was doing. <laughs> this is not a very scientific poll. I uh, People were welcome to vote for whatever episode, but I did suggest um, 10 episodes I thought were sort of the ones that we had the biggest reaction to and stuff. So like that, that scaled our voting a little bit, but people did have some write-in votes as well. But um, these were the episodes that people gave their support to. So tied for first place, we had, I've got visual props, Excalibur oh, wow. 67, <laughs> Days of, of Futures Yet to Come, tied with, oh, I should have done these in reverse order. That would have been more exciting. Oh, go, anyway, go to the end. Go to the end. <laughs> Pretend you didn't know first. <laughs> All right. Well, going if we were going backwards, um, we had well. Okay, see, it didn't. It kind of worked out anyway. Whatever. We had like ties for some stuff, but so coming in at number five, we had um, Excalibur fifty three, the litter, which was our Spider Man episode with mm. Doctor Zach Cruzy, in which we talked about Steve Ditko and objectivism and lots of awesome stuff. One of mm -hmm. the episodes where we didn't talk about a lot of Excalibur, but it was fun for us to kind of step outside of that and discuss some other things that we know a lot about, but don't get to discuss that often. So I think people appreciated that convo. Um, coming in at number four, we had the mega-sized, mega-shiny Excalibur mm -hmm. number 50, Winner Loses All, featuring Rachel Summers' showdown with Necrom and everybody in Excalibur uh, stepping inside everybody else. Mm -hmm. and of course, that episode was with the wonderful Dr. Andy Kunka. We talked a little bit about anniversary issues. And of course, we talked about a lot of super sex. I really enjoyed rhapsodizing about that one. Coming in at number three, we had another very shiny Rachel Summers issue in Excalibur number 75. Mm -hmm. um, hello, I must be going. So 
again, a lot of people that voted for this one felt the need to specify, I hate this comic, yeah. but <laughs> I really enjoyed your episode about it. Uh, that was with uh, Daisy Letourneur, um talking about Rachel Summers and gender and sexuality and trans metaphors and just bitching a lot about this misogynist as hell comic book and how much we hate it. So that was a fun episode. I think someone said that like, we were really on our game in that episode oh, and I was nice. like, we were. I mean, I was really angry. So, and I don't always <laughs> let myself be angry about misogyny, but I was in the mood for it that day. Um, and coming back to the top ones that I already spoiled, um, tied for the top spot, we had Excalibur 43, Home Comforts, of course, um, <laughs> or Who Blew Up the Toilet, in which Brian and Kurt finally come to blows in and around Megan and in and around well, I mean that's basically well yeah I mean <laughs> I didn't want to say over Megan because I was like well we had a debate about what they're actually fighting right. about so I don't want to reduce it to that yeah. I think I think it's over Megan a lot more than it's in her but <laughs> <Okay. Yeah>. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> complicated choice of words there. yeah <laughs> but I was with the wonderful uh Dr. Nick Susanis um creator of Unflattening, which we complimented a lot in that episode. And um, yeah, talked a lot about comics for him, but also lots of character stuff and <laughs> really broke down that sexy trapeze sequence from a lot of mm -hmm. different angles. Mm -hmm. Mav did a wonderful photography 101 lesson. Andrew talked about dreams. I talked a lot about gender and yeah. And we also had a wonderful Twitter thread in response to that episode that I think about a lot um, from one of our listeners and I'll, I'll retweet it because I never tire of retweeting it. Um, that was really inspired by that episode to read Nightcrawler through a trans lens and kind mm -hmm. of read the, the conflict between the characters like that. And I think about it all the time. I loved it so much that we could do something that inspires people to, to contribute and expand the discussion that way. It's just one of the best things about doing the podcast. Thank you so much for that. Um, and at the top spot, we'll tied with number 43, which I already spoiled, Excalibur number 67, Days of Futures Yet to Come, which we did with the wonderful Stephanie Burt, talking about the end of the Davis era of Excalibur, thought we brought a lot of joy and sadness and import to that episode, and that certainly came across, and anytime you can get Stephanie talking about Kitty slash Kate Pride and Rachel Summers is a good day in our lives. Really enjoyed that conversation, and I'm just absolutely thrilled with with those those top spots. And I thought I'd give us a chance to kind of reflect on them a little bit, or like other favorite moments that we had from the year. But equally important is that I said anybody who voted for the top spot for the top anyone who voted in the best ofs would be entered into a draw to win a couple of prizes. So we better get that out of the way first. So the two prizes I'm giving away are move that for a second. Oh. A wonderful t-shirt of your choice. You can get a Banff shirt, you can get a Nightcrawler shirt, you can get a Gosh Golly Wow shirt. We'll be in touch with you about your preference, whatever size and color you would like. And the other prize is going to be a copy of Age of X-Men Amazing Nightcrawler, the trade paperback version sure. featuring Kurt and Megan and Kylan. A little mm -hmm. bit of an Excalibur tie-in there. I thought it would be appropriate for our listeners and I somehow ended up with two copies. So, you know, it worked out. Cool. Um, so yeah, let's draw. So the first Hold person on. will get a ch yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have like a sound effect? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have a whole sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> I'll note that I'm drawing names out of this excellent, excellent <laughs> 80s cap. I got it at Canadian Tire and it was called a confusion cap. <laughs> I don't know why it's called. That's why it's confusing. I know. I was like, well, I'm buying that. <laughs> oh, the tension, the tension. Who will it be? So the first place winner um, is going to get to choose which prize they want. And the second place winner gets whatever prize did not get chosen. Are okay. you ready, Mav? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Oh, you, oh I'm drumming only again. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I didn't hear it on my end. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, first place prize. I hope I'm not pronouncing your Twitter name totally terrible, but it's Cameron Haycox. 
and you are going to get to choose between a t-shirt and the copy of the trade paperback. I know you've been following our podcast for a while. <laughs> Thrilled to be able to send the right I will be in touch. That's my superhero fanfare. <laughs> so exciting. All right. And our second place winner is <laughs> friend of the pod and two times guest Claire Wall is going to get one of Yay. these prizes as well. Nice. nice to be able to reward somebody for, for putting in the time with us. So I will be in touch with both of you. And we I never used the soundboard on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have. Like, do you remember? Um, so it's a favorite, one of my favorite moments. Uh, the episode when we first started the Douglock Chronicles, where I had the uh, German robot speaking as me. That's yep. that's on this. <laughs> that's how I did that. <laughs> God, we could just be adding fart sounds to this podcast all the time. And I not could. Doing I choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, like, I don't know. Did we have any any thoughts or memories of recording any of those episodes or any other kind of kind of favorite moments? I mean, I'll, I'll go first quickly just to say that, like, Excalibur 43 is my favorite issue. We talked about that a lot mm -hmm. at the time. And yeah. it was, I'm happy that other people responded to that episode as well. I mean, I, I feel terrible picking favorite episodes because it seems like a judgment on our guests or something because we love all of our guests. <laughs> So much and we love every single episode and every single episode is my baby and it's not a judgment on that but it's more that it was my favorite issue and it just made me think a lot about how lucky we are to be able to talk about these things in this space and to get like wonderful people to talk about them with us and by that I mean of course the two of you and the <laughs> But, um, can you guys but, hear me? Yeah, and like, yeah, yes, we can. Can you okay. hear us? Yes, I, I got booted um, and I don't know how much I missed and I'm back. I'm back now. So I, <laughs> um, did you guys, did you guys see me get booted or no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I missed probably a minute or two. I, I know what was wrong. I was on the wrong internet. I was on like um, an old, old, I have a backup internet thing that it runs like, you know, um, very, very slow 802.11b um, network that I was on for some reason. So, <laughs> so oh. I should be much faster. I should be much faster now. Um, so hopefully I won't get booted. <laughs> I, I won't get booted again. So I don't know how bad um, that is for, you know, so apologies to whatever our listeners are for whatever got kind of dropped from our video um, feed um, when I edit this you know, later today, because I don't know what got skipped when I got booted off right there. So sorry. <laughs> well, it was mostly me rhapsodizing about Excalibur 43 and how much I enjoyed talking about it. And I said a lot of that in that episode. So just mm -hmm. go listen to the episode. <laughs> and yeah, I really love the conversation about Excalibur 67 as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I came up with a great essay title based on the conversations that we had with Nola in the previous episode and with Stephanie in that episode that I don't know what I'll ever get a chance to write, but I'm putting it out there that I was going to write an essay called Continuity is a Feminist Utopia, and I haven't written it yet, but it's a great essay title, and I'm going to get to it. Yeah. I know, I know. I, I, it, it makes so much sense in my mind, and but I just have not had the, not had the space or time to, to work on that, but maybe someday. I think yeah, I know that. that the two of you have. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> I'm gonna write it on air now, but I'm just thinking about one of the things that always bothered me when I was first getting into superhero comics and sort of accessing a bunch of the academic discourse was how the elements of melodrama and serialization that are so commonly associated with quote unquote feminine types of consumption was just not considered very forcefully in the discourse. And I thought that that was wild because that was what appealed to me from it. Hmm. And like, that was sort of where I was coming in. And then thinking about, we talked about sort of like queer temporalities and stuff a lot and in that episode and thinking about the way those continuities kind of come together can be like uh, uh, opening the door to having some of those conversations mm -hmm. about what is like the gender of consuming these kinds of stories, which again, everything in scare quotes, because these are just sort of discourses around gender and not the way gender quote unquote is because the way gender quote unquote is, is magic and a million things and a million <laughs> continuities blending together. <laughs> this would be the essay. 
but anyway, someday, someday. But yeah, do the two of you have thoughts about any of those top apps or, or any of the other ones we, we recorded over the year? How about you, Andrew? Um, I think the one that I think of just kind of um, coming off of what you're saying is 75 and just the opportunity to collectively mourn Rachel. Because when you're reading Excalibur in 75 and you're, you're part of like that, that more, I don't know, broad culture uh, and it felt like she was discarded and it's like issue 75 was all about we don't need Rachel Britannic is cool and awesome now let's do that instead so being able to revisit that with a group who understood what the real value was and how awesome Rachel was that's a secondary chance to mourn a character that I felt like the first time I mourned that character I was very much alone in doing so you know what I mean just again because of the broader current Um, so that was a, a delightful moment for me personally how about you Mav similar I don't have it for me it's not a particular issue it is um uh, this was this was when we decided to do this show and I've made jokes about it um I knew going in that there's a what I called the Excalibur rough patch right and it's pretty much been yeah. we're, we're, we're not quite out of it yet but it's pretty much been our last 20 or so shows, right? Like it's, it's been from, from the point where, from the point where Davis starts being rushed and like only doing every other issue through now where it's like, you know, I, we tease Labdell a lot, but all things said, Labdell got the book out on time. That was like his skill, right? Like Labdell's, <laughs> what? It's such a low bar. No, yeah. it's a, it's a huge bar, right? Because at, at a time where at a time where that like like in today's market, it's different, right? In today's market, if um if the book's not ready to ship, there's just no Excalibur in June, right? Like that's just fine, and we'll we'll revamp the schedule. That was not a thing in 1994, right? Like that was not that's not how comics worked back then. Um, right. the book needed to be on time, and um, and which is why you ended up with so many fill-in artists and everything. It's just like this needs to ship. And I, I, it's not necessarily the way I like storytelling, but it is what the book needed to be. Um, and it resulted in, um, because I cared about continuity a lot more then than I do now, I actually have like, so I, I've written a lot talking about when Anna writes about it. I've written a lot about how I don't care about continuity. Um, I don't think that's the, I no longer think that's the interesting part of what I like about comics. I, I'm willing to read every individual issue for what it is and then just like, given what comics have become in the last 20 years plus tv shows and movies and everything i'm willing to allow to give allowances in order to just sort of enjoy a story and give creative freedom and things like that it's a much more complicated issue but um less so back then so there's a lot of because there's so many points where everybody's out of character because there's so many points where it's just like fuck it we're getting rachel get rid getting rid of rachel because we need to do this greater thing where we're bringing this into the yeah. x universe and because we want to play with phoenix and gene and we've got it like there was so much that is just done out of editorial mandate that i hated back then and i'm not terribly fond of now um so in the same way as andrew was saying it's not an it's not an individual issue it's that entire segment being able to read with people who appreciate it and see something in it you know um yeah even on those you know you if we, we had people write in and say i hated issue 75 but it was you know good to read with friends yeah that right yeah. right it is um it, excalibur was not a popular book when i was reading it back then it's re it's remembered nostalgically right this was never um this was never the top selling x book it wasn't anywhere near the top of the marvel uh, pantheon like this was a this was quite frankly a book that marvel just kept trying to make happen over and over again right like the reason there's so many hey and now we're gonna now we're gonna do phalanx covenant is because marvel just really wants excalibur to matter and it doesn't matter and part of what i liked about it was that it was off in its own little pocket not mattering so like it could be quirky and, and you could just go on across time caper for like a year and a half and no one would miss you because like it doesn't matter so that's what i loved about the book um and seeing being able to mourn the loss of that with people who see value in both what's happening 
And, you know, a lot of, you know, even if I don't necessarily agree with someone's reading on something, that's fine because people see the interest in, hey, let's see what what there is to analyze in this in this particular issue. So that's been it's been that for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so well said and totally I I, I will admit, like as a behind the scenes thing, like it's been a bit of a struggle lately <laughs> in the sense that I used to get really excited reaching out to guests to be on the podcast because if I think about something like Excalibur 43, I was like, oh my God, I get to share one of my favorite comics mm-hmm. with someone, <laughs> right? And that's like exciting. And, you know, we've had great guests during mm-hmm. this rough patch. I just, I'm so grateful for for everything that everybody's been bringing to the podcast. It's been unbelievable. But at the same time, like the X-Men continuity stuff is part of it because I didn't feel as bad bringing somebody who wasn't sort of a big X-Men head into it in some of our like Davis and Claremont era issues mm-hmm. because it was still just a good comic that could stand right. on its own and we can talk about comics. But now that we're doing something like Phalanx Covenant, I'm just like, it becomes harder to do that. And I've been trying really hard to get people who are sort of in the X-Men space and like can speak to the comic space too. But then that like kind of limits my pool of guests a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I've been struggling a little bit like that. I'm curious about how it's going to be with, because I think we can all agree that it does get better in the Warren Ellis era. And I am looking Much. forward to talking about that. And, and the art, the art gets better too. I mean, we're going to oh, get yeah. artists like, like the dearly departed yeah. Carlos Chaco, like on art. And I do want to talk about his style mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. It's still not the same though, because it's going to continue being more connected to the wider X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still going to have to do a lot of thinking about like kind of guests that will be sort of the best kind of value on certain issues and stuff. But I'm working on it. I, I I do kind of miss though just being able to like invite a venerable comic scholar and be like bring comic scholarship to yeah. this. And I think we're gonna get back to that a little bit, but we'll we'll see how it goes. I feel better about it. In I mean, so the Ellis run, the thing that's gonna come up there is gonna people. We're gonna have people who are like, uh, you know, there's the behind the scenes stuff with Ellis where like yeah. there's gonna we, be we will talk about. We'll it. deal with it. Like and I and I understand that, but um. The comics are objectively better than some of what yeah. we're dealing with now, and 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 so I feel less weird about it. Like, it, it I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to. Uh, I don't want to. You always said you don't want to call people out, uh, so I'll call out really good friends of ours. Right? I will say it doesn't matter what the book is if we're going to invite Michael Hancock on or Wayne Wise or or John Dorowski, like people who are literally just literal buddies of ours you know like like it doesn't like i i think michael's been on the most right isn't he our literal most frequent guest he's probably up there. i think matt linton has been on the most because also he's been possible. On three episodes three episodes okay so yeah and yeah and yeah so quite possibly and and it doesn't and I'm sure he's listening and he'll say, yeah, I'll come on and talk about whatever. Right. Cause, cause it doesn't matter. Right. We like, love you, like, Matt. Thank yeah, you. We, yeah. yes. and, we, and it's appreciative. Right. Because it's like, it does like, this does not have to be good. You're not going to stop being our friend. <laughs> that's, <Exactly>. kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Right. Come, please come talk about this really bad comic with us. Um, And that's harder. Like, um, uh, you know it's harder to do if they, if the person doesn't you know didn't read it all before and doesn't you know like I, I hate for some for some of these where it's like if this is your first issue of Excalibur and then you go why why would you why would anybody read this why why would you read it and why would you do 126 <laughs> episodes of, this is horrible you know <laughs> like like I I feel weird about stuff like you know even you know we just finished doing the Dudlock um series right it's I had a lot of fun with every single issue issue of Doug Lock, but they're bad. <laughs> Those are not good books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. And we have to bring I so really much like... to to make it work. Like I just quickly like you know Claire was like, well, I'm really interested in this guy merging with this robot. I was like, yes, Claire, you're right. It is very interesting. <laughs> but go like, and then I I sent her like a copy of Slumber Party and the New Mutants Annual, and even just flipping through the two of those, I like almost died. I was just like, oh my god. Oh, I forgot what a good comic looks like. Oh, it's like Kevin Art. Oh, Davis at the height of his powers. This is so beautiful. The storyline makes sense. I was sense. like despairing about, yeah. I was like, 
yes, it is interesting. It's just that it was so much better in these other comics. But anyway, Andrew, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say the one that I, I kind of got a kick out of was um, Deborah Whaley, uh, who we brought on to talk Braddock of the Jungle. And all oh, three God. of us were like, we're so sorry. <laughs> sorry we're yeah. so sorry. Yeah. And she was giddy to analyze that comic. It was delightful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh this is horribly I think, I think offensive. Been a couple of there's been a couple of times where I've set up the issue to be so bad that the guest came on. They're like, I, I was expecting this to be the worst thing that's ever existed, and honestly, it wasn't the worst thing that's ever existed, probably. And I was like, well, yeah, I set the bar so low. <laughs> I I call I call that the Song of the South effect. Um, have, have either of you ever seen Song of the South? I've not watched it. Yeah, see, nobody has. And people, so like, just given the discourse around Song of the South, in your mind, it is. I mean, uh, so here's it Song of the South is a million times better movie than you think it is. It is not a good movie. It is a million times better than you believe it is, given the discourse around it. Because, like, people, what you know about it is uh, this is a horribly racist thing. Why was this allowed to exist? It's not. It's a. It is a racist to the level of what you'd expect from mid-century, you know, mid-century big budget television or big budget film to uh, about, you know, antebellum um, South. It's, you know, reconstruction, you know, reconstruction just post-Civil War War era. It is is racist in exactly the way that you would expect it to be. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, and, and Disney is embarrassed by it, but like people, people expect it to be like, Oh my God! This is a clan movie. No, it's not that. It's just a uh, you know. There's a magical Negro, and there's like like it, it's embarrassing from a 2022 perspective. But it's not what it's not what people think it is anymore. So I think that um, sometimes we'll we will allow things to because we don't like them. I think we will allow them to be mythologized into even worse than they are and that sort of deadens the blow a little bit right <laughs> like um because yeah. like i uh, like um you were talking so much like um both episodes of the wakanda thing i think um who are two guests um our two guests on uh, the michael one? we had michael dando talking about mm-hmm. uh afrofuturism in the other episode too, yeah. which was great yeah and and both times they were like oh this was this wasn't quite as bad as i thought you know, i'm like yeah <laughs> it is again no one's ever going to say these are good i enjoy these comics that's not what no they're not enjoyable but they're but you know you know we talk about them as though you know as though we're like clutching our pearls and going oh my god it's so scandalous and it's not it's just it's just bad you know it's just mediocrely bad and then the scholarly value of that is to like hey let's like see how they were presenting black panther and wakanda in 1993 and it is kind of important to note how deeply problematic it was because Mm -hmm. i mean just erasing that and not talking about it isn't great either because you know because i mean the thing about being scandalized by by certain things too is like a revisionist history you know because like as you're saying things were not considered controversial at the time. No, like, no. This is like just what people were doing and it's important to acknowledge that as well. And I don't think, I don't think that means we have to watch every offensive thing or whatever, but I mean, that's why these things are still part of our cultural studies discourse because, mm-hmm. you know, we're academics that study what culture is. So, you know, there's value to that. But um, yeah, I don't know any other, any other moments or anything from the year that, well, I mean, maybe I'll ask the question differently. Like we did like a reflecting on the first year of the podcast, like last time, like, has this year been different? Has it been the same? I mean, we already talked about some of this a little bit in terms of, you know, obviously this has been a different year of comics that we had like kind of Davis era for half the year. And then we've had kind of the post Davis era for half the year. So I feel like that's sort of broken the year into a little bit. I mean, so much of my year has been dominated with all of the behind the scenes stuff that I was dealing with. Um, listeners will know that my mother passed away in June. And uh, well, I don't know if listeners will know that. I don't talk about it much, but mm-hmm. I put it on social and everything. So it's mm-hmm. just it's just been a lot this year. But I, I was really thinking about the consistency of doing the podcast and what a challenge it is, but then also what a good thing that is, like kind of when your life is up in the air, because you know, we started it shortly after her diagnosis and then just, I don't know, like knowing 
that we have this to come back to, especially when some of my employment was very shaky. Like over the last year, I was just kind of doing mm -hmm. a lot of piecemeal jobs. But so I am I am worried that like uh, next term I'm a lot busier because I did start this when I was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit worried about that. But like at the same time, like I'm committed, man. We got like another 10, 11 months, something about like that to to finish to finish mm -hmm. Excalibur and what an achievement this will be. I have that. I have that in my sights. It feels like we're getting so close. I was just like, we're podcasting about number 82 next week. Mm -hmm. Like we're so close that I'm just like, oh, I know, but like, that's still like, <laughs> like a lot of weeks. I, well, Hopefully I, I committed to it. There's another annual that we have to talk about yeah. that I forgot about. <laughs> and, and we talked about, it. I mean, I, it's weird because when we started, it's like, oh God, we've, we got to do 120, how many of these? <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it does fly by and it is, I mean, I, we shouldn't talk about it like it's not like we did this, some monumental thing that nobody's ever done like I, we've got yeah. friends who do minute movie by minute podcasts like <laughs> you know, know like which just um and you've and, done like how many episodes of box pop hundreds uh 250 ish wow. i think it, 48 i think is this week i know I, I i i seriously lose track um but but that's what i'm getting at like it's weird because um in in some ways as much work as it is to do um to do for me two shows every week it's also kind of my safe space right like it it is yeah. um um it is it is another job i i'm not going to pretend it doesn't it, it it isn't but also it's just it's what it's the way that i relax from week to week right like it makes <laughs> it you know like like at the end of the day, I get to sit down and talk about some pop culture thing and then some comic book for an hour every week. And it's, you know, that's like my hangout time. And the, I mean, we've had conversations off the air with, and this is just how we talk. It's not like, I mean, as nerdy and weird as it is, like we're weird nerds who are going to randomly compare Foucault to you know Claremont that's just the thing that we do <laughs> I, like, I, was like, I was like in what ways can we compare them like their styles their yeah, turtlenecks no, no, I I, see but see that's the thing I literally just picked two names and then like because we're weird nerds Anna's like oh wait can we really do that please which is just that's how you get this job right it's 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 dumb and it's absurd um and useful like i don't I, I, it's weird because i always um i always disparage what i what i do and it's like okay it, it, anna you started this episode by going you know like oh you know this is a job somehow we read comics <laughs> i always say i read funny books for a living like my job is literally reading the funny books which is um silly and stupid and i am so eternally thankful it's also a gross misrepresentation of what I do, right? Like my job is I'm a cultural yeah. theorist who teaches the value of digital humanities mostly to to STEM students, but also to humanities. Like it's a it's a much more complex thing, and I feel better about myself if I say, "But I read funny books, right?" Like you know, it's like a it it is it is like a you know a self you know self flagellation. I I don't know what I'm doing. It like I but I'm 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 minimizing it. I do think it's useful, but also the fun part of it is just this show. Like, you know, after, after this show, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and wrap Christmas presents. Um, I mean, no, cause I, it's Christmas is tomorrow and I'm already done. I forget yeah. the future, but, uh, but, I'm, but I'm going to go and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on this article, which I'm also enjoying, but where I'm trying to make an arg an argument about um, post-humanism in batman comics <laughs> and so like like i like the fact that this is my job is just like you know kind of great you know <laughs> so i don't know i don't know how about you andrew please tell me that this is that this is a, a comfort and a safe space and a good recreation <laughs> for you and not and not one too many things on your <laughs> in your overstuffed schedule no no this is great I'm, I'm, that continuity is there not just in talking to you guys every week but in talking about the characters that the three of us love every week there's a weird um week by week Ryan. we sort of granular analysis there yeah the um, for me <laughs> for me i think the big thing is um I, I can hide from my kids 
once a week. <laughs> I've got the Andrew is the best dad. Don't get the wrong impression, listeners. No, no, no. I, I am a very involved father. I'm up with them in the morning. I make their breakfasts. I'm with them at night when we, they can't sleep. All that stuff. Behind the scenes thing, like sometimes Andrew disappears at the end of a recording because we go too long <laughs> because he has a hard cutoff for kid bedtime because yeah. he has got to be there and he has never once shirked that responsibility. Yeah. It's like sure. if you ever if you ever get to the end of the show and you notice that only three voices say goodbye, but not <laughs> well. Well, no, sometimes it's weird because some I mean, again behind the scenes sometimes we'll record Andrew's goodbye. And then it gets spliced into the end of the episode because we happen to be recording, you know, 15 minutes past eight o'clock. So, so we have to, and it's just like, oh, Andrew was strangely silent for 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 15 minutes. There. My, <laughs> okay, so my favorite one, maybe my favorite episode, and it's not this last year because it was the first year of the show. Um, there's one episode and I can no longer remember which one it was, but there's an episode where I got bumped um for like 15 minutes and like my like i was i texted you guys oh, yeah, yeah. i and i could like literally the internet in my house just died and i was like i don't know if i can come back or not we we don't have fios right now um so i'll come back and then it came back like 15 minutes later and you guys were still recording and i just jumped back in but like there's just an episode where through the magic of podcasting like this is just how it works sometimes people disappear <laughs> and, and 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 it's anna's job to fix all that in post so congratulations <laughs> sometimes easier than other times anyway andrew sorry we interrupted your reflection <laughs> no i think i was done um hide from my kids it's important talk to adults <laughs> weird that i choose to talk to adults about comic books but that's definitely my personality so it's good this is grown up stuff. do you want to do a, do you want to do a few listener questions we just have some fun ones okay sure um who do you think is lockheed's second favorite member of excalibur rachel and it's not even close I mean, my knee jerk was to go Kurt because they've had adventures nope. together before, but I don't no. know. They have kind of an antagonistic relationship. Exactly. So, he doesn't like them. Yeah. Um, of the originals, absolutely, Rachel. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to think if, I mean, when, okay. Well, then Peter, when he joins, because Lockheed, as we know, uh, is a yeah. Kitty Colossus shipper. Right. Yep. So, uh, and I was going to say, so of the originals, Rachel unless you count widget as a member and i which i think you i think you can widget and uh, become very close um during the you know before we know widget's kate you know but like widget widget and and lockheed are close so probably closer than rachel um but they're but that's because they're both treated like animal sidekicks and so it's just kind of adorable to send them off together um so yeah, I mean, probably of the ones that I think you think of as members of the people, Rachel, and then maybe later Peter. Peter uh, Rasputin is what, because yeah. <laughs> there's two people. Oh, right oh yeah, Kitty, Kitty We're gonna has have to many Peters that. in her life. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird to like when when your your thing is like, oh, what's my what's your thing? What are you attracted to? Guys with this one name. Yep. <laughs> like it's just like ooh, his name's pete uh it's literally um K kitty has dated three different peters four if you do multiple continuities because she dated P peter, yeah. parker peter parker in the ultimate, in the ultimate universe parker. which is just weird that you keep doing that that is a weird you know kink to have but okay <laughs> it's well, your thing. Uh, whose kink is it is it the writers or is it the characters <laughs> By the time but, uh, you're at the fourth one, I think you're doing it on purpose, right? Like, <laughs> well, Bendis, Bendis did two of them, so that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I have to think he kind of thought that was funny, but um, uh, another one for you. Um, what writer who never wrote for Excalibur do you wish could write for Excalibur? That's a good mm, one. That's a good question. From, from that time period, I would go Peter David. I really like what he did on X Factor, but I think oh, that um, contemporary absolutely. group dynamic would be really cool with Excalibur. All right, all right. Okay, so yes. Um, if from from it doesn't have to. I think it can be any era. I'm saying any era. It's see, and here's where it's weird, right? Because if I'm thinking of like, okay, how do I how do I make it feel like the Excalibur that I like? Um, I would say you know definitely Peter David, uh, and I love the pad run of. Um, I 
I like the original X Factor better than the one. That, I think most people, when they say they're X Factor fans, I think they mean X Factor Investigations Stations. with yeah. um, with Jamie Madrax. I like the original run. I like the working for the government under Forge. Yeah. I, I I love it. I, that's 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 some of my favorite comics. Um, everybody knows I'm also a huge Teen Titans fan. Wolfman and Perez would have done brilliant Teen Titans. You know how I know? I'm sorry. Would have done brilliant Excalibur. I know because that era of Teen Titans did that, right? Like a lot of what we love about Excalibur happens in in that original run of 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 New Titans. Um, there's differences. They're different characters. Um, but I would have found that interesting. I'm trying to think. You know, is there anybody? That would have Sorry, been... I, my, my cat is rolling around in the comics that I set on the couch for this episode right now and just knocking them all down. It's just <laughs> a really horrific display. I, anyway, I see her tail. Though. Yeah, her tail just coming down. I see occasional tail. Everyone, everyone, everyone. I don't know. I, like, I I would, I'm trying to think if there's anybody who just would have been completely different, who would have brought something unique to it that not because like uh, when i answer questions like that who would have done this what i'm trying to say is it, would i, I who could have given me the given me the most claremonty davisy stuff but i but leah williams yeah but of today's writers leah williams yeah. could do it well but i'm wondering if like it would it have been even more interesting to have somebody just completely wacky and different like you know hey hey let's give it to alan moore you know but i don't even want alan moore i'm, I'm thinking like um amanda connor from uh would, would yeah 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 she like her her version of harley is silly and fun yep. but in a very different way the next caliber is silly and fun and right. in a way that i enjoy i mean i'm not not in a bad way um gail simone's one of my favorite writers um of well, you know that gail recently tweeted like that you know, people were like, well, what would your X-Men book be? And she's like, well, it would be a Nightcrawler-led team, and he would choose the members of the team based on who would be fun on missions. I was like, oh, please. <laughs> please. I deserve that right now. It's the literal opposite of where he currently is in comics. Please, please. And he's a demon. <laughs> please, save me. Save me. <laughs> Who's your pick, Anna? Well, I was thinking of different things. I'm like, uh, I'm less, I'm less of a Peter David fan than the two of you. But I, I was thinking, I was thinking of just people who've done kind of books that were kind of like had kind of a similar vibe. And I was thinking of Kieran Gillen. I was mm. thinking of you know how much Young Avengers kind of his run on that kind of scene yeah. very Excalibur-y mm -hmm. and just killed it on writing Nightcrawler lately. So I would love any more Kieran Gillen Nightcrawler. Mm. I was thinking of that run that that Matt Fraction and Mike Allred did 